The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.
Welcome to all of you, to the familiar faces, and to those of you who are here with us for the first time. I'm Carmen Barsotti, your worship associate, and I'm joined on the chancel today by Lori Lai, and by, um, who is a member of our board and our board treasurer, and she also helps lead our women's reproductive rights efforts. And also I am joined by Reverend Shannon Fong, our worship leader. Shannon has graced this pulpit before and we are lucky to have him this morning with us. We also have the choir under the leadership of Mark Sumner and our organist Reiko Oda Lane leading us in this morning's Lunar New Year celebration. This service overlaps with the beginning of Black History Month, which feels like a fitting metaphor for how we live in our UU communities. We weave the richness of what we want to hold together, the diversity of identity and life perspectives, faith traditions, histories, and callings that we gather in and are blessed by. In that spirit, we will celebrate Lunar New Year together and hear more about what the celebration invites us to, to take into our lives and hold in service. And in this day of the beginning of this month of national honoring of the history and contributions of black Americans. One particular local piece of this honoring that we want to bring to everyone's attention is the move in San Francisco to erect a commemorative street sign in honor of the Reverend Dr. Howard Thurman. Dr. Thurman was a powerful and visionary force in the nation, not just in this city. It is said that Dr. King carried with him two books when he traveled, the Bible, and Jesus and the Disinherited. Such was the influence of Dr. Thurman on Dr. King. This congregation also has a powerful connection to Dr. Thurman. His Church for the Fellowship of All Peoples was incubated here, and Dr. Thurman's memorial service was here too. We have the opportunity for you to participate in adding your voice to the petition to support this effort. In the gallery after the service, you can find Melvin Starks there, who is taking signatures and can answer any questions that you have. And now I would like to invite Lori to speak. Thank you. As Unitarian Universalists, we share a commitment to grow the fullness of our spirits together. And so we lift up and celebrate many journeys, many cultures, and many spiritualities. We do so imperfectly, but we keep trying, we keep listening, and we keep learning. This morning at UUSF, we celebrate some of the traditions associated with the Lunar New Year. For many societies in East and Southeast Asia 
and their worldwide diasporas, including Korea, Vietnam, and China, this festival is the most significant traditional holiday of the year. While the festival almost universally lifts up the values of hope, togetherness, and new beginnings. It is observed in many different ways among regions, localities, families, and individuals. Some elements of today's worship will reflect Lunar New Year traditions in Southern China and the Cantonese diaspora, of which guest preacher, Reverend Shannon, Shannon Fong is a part. Um, I'd also like to point out that um, I made a Chinese Lunar New Year's cake, and this is uh, made out of sticky rice flour, and this is to symbolize the family and how the cohesiveness of the family is the strength. And this is my hope that this community will be cohesive. Um, this is a, a year to um, build this beloved community, and let's all stick together in peace. Um, also known as the Spring Festival, and the new year uh, follows the traditional uh, lunisolar calendar, according to which each new moon is the beginning of the month. The new year is officially, was officially ushered in January 22nd, but New Year festivities traditionally last for 15 days until the first full moon. Today, the 15th day of the New Year is celebrated in some places as the Lantern Festival. Behold the lanterns. This morning's worship is part of that celebration. Thank you, Lori. So now I invite you to read with me the words of our chalice lighting, the light that unites us all. We light this chalice for the light of truth and the warmth of love and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. So please stand and join singing hymn 163 for the earth forever turning. And if you are online, you can find it in the order of service.
So we know that COVID is still with us. So we thank all of you for wearing your masks while in the building. And we ask you also to keep them on if you're moving in the gallery or in the hallways. Um, you can take them off if you're eating and drinking in a room or take them off in the courtyard. There are a few uh, brief invitations this morning. You can find more of them in your order of service, but I'd like to call your attention to a few. From February 13th to March 3rd, our community will be once again hosting the Interfaith Winter Shelter. We have been hosting it for more than 30 years and have collaborated with the city and with the Interfaith Council to provide a safe and warm place for people to sleep during the winter months. As part of that, we serve breakfasts and they also receive an evening meal. Some days we had 90 here in the earlier days. I hear it's about 60 to 70 um, this time round. Many people in this community volunteer for this annual ministry and we invite you to sign up online or to speak to somebody afterwards um, to sign up and come in and cook breakfast. It's 5.30 in the morning, but I tell you from doing it many times, you have great energy by the time you finish at 7 a.m. So. Also, please take a look at the bulletin board in the gallery that has helped wanted ads to see if there is any way that you can help around the church where help is needed. You can also find them online on the nominating committee's website, their website page. Also, our Hinckley Fund is taking applications for scholarships. Any student going to graduate school, 23 to 10, 24, and from one of the nine Bay Area counties can apply for this scholarship. More details are in the flame, um, our weekly online newsletter, which is also uploaded on the website. Please encourage anyone you know who would qualify to apply. I invite you now to join me in a bilingual responsive reading, which you will find in your order of service. So these are traditional Chinese New Lunar New Year blessings and greetings. So for each line, I will read the Chinese to the left and the congregation will respond with the English translation to the right. And for those of you who wish to join me in reading the Chinese in whatever dialect you would like, you're invited to do so as well. I will be using mostly Cantonese, except for the final two lines. Let us begin. Gong ha san hei. Respectfully wishing a new year. Man si sing yi. May the myriad things exceed your wishes. Gong hei fa choi. Congratulations on sudden riches. Long ma jing san. May you have vitality of horse and dragon. Dai gut dai lei. May you have great luck and great profit. Hong to dai jin. May your magnificent plans greatly develop. Sun chun yu fai. May your new spring be happy. 
福壽相傳。Longevity both be complete. 祝佈平安。The bamboo reports peace and security. 花開富貴。The flowers open to wealth and nobleness. 恭喜恭喜。恭喜你。Now, as we enter our time to greet one another, if you are so moved, I invite you to use any of these greetings to bless your neighbor with a happy new year. Love. Is the spirit of this church, and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace and to speak the truth in freedom. San Francisco UU friends, my name is Alex Lee Joe. My pronouns are she/her/hers. I am on Yocha Dehe Winton tribal land, home of the Putwin people. I am a member of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Davis in Davis, California, and I've come here today to read you a story called "Bringing in the New Year." It was written by Grace Lynn. Here on the end page, you will see many of the items we use to celebrate Chinese New Year. You see a lucky red envelope and a good luck sign and dumplings. And firecrackers to scare away evil spirits, and red scrolls with wishes for wealth, safety, peace, and a bowl of oranges. And look, a bunny lantern! Did you know this year is year of the rabbit? When I read the story, you may see these items inside, so keep your eyes peeled. 
bringing in the new year. Is the new year coming? I hope so. We try to welcome it in. So, Jie Jie sweeps the old year out of the house. Jie Jie is big sister. Baba hangs the spring happiness poems. Baba is daddy. Mama makes the get rich dumplings. Mei Mei gets a fresh haircut. Mei Mei is little sister. And I put on my new, my new Chi Pao dress for the New Year feast. Now will the new year come? Pop, pop, pop. Do you hear the firecrackers? Are they bringing in the new year? No, but they brought in the lions. They're here to scare away last year's bad luck. They scare Mei Mei too. Don't cry, Mei Mei. Where is the new year? We carry the lanterns to light its way. I found the bunny lantern. I hope the new year follows us soon. There's the dragon. Auntie is waking him up by opening his eyes. The new year must be coming. The dragon's awake. Is the new year here at last? Yes, hooray! The new year is here. Happy New Year, everyone. Did you spot the good luck dumplings? The good luck signs? I bet you did. Thank you for listening. Happy New Year. Gong Shi It's good to be with you on this Sunday morning, which is the 15th and last day of the Lunar New Year celebration. The 15th day of the Lunar New Year is the first full moon, as well as the Lantern Festival. And as I mentioned before, it's the year of the rabbit. 
You may assume that I've been observing these customs since I was a small child, but that is not the case. When my immigrant parents came to the U.S. and began raising me, they decided to completely assimilate, to become American, which meant European. At that time, the borders to China were slammed shut due to Mao's cultural revolution. Letters and phone calls were strictly forbidden. I can only imagine the stress and heartbreak it caused my mom and dad not to know of the welfare of their parents, siblings, and families as huge political changes occurred because they never shared their worries with me. I think they felt they would never be able to return home again. The result was to adopt the United States as their permanent home and culture, which meant abandoning their customs like Chinese New Year and choosing not to bring me up speaking Chinese. Plus, they were fortunate to be fluent in English. They didn't want me to be seen as lesser than or having an accent. Yet there were problems with this. My mother didn't know how to celebrate American holidays. For example, she hadn't learned significance of having a Christmas tree or why gifts for children were important. And who was Santa Claus anyways? And why was it important to be with family on Thanksgiving? As a result, I grew up culture-less. I learned about Lunar New Year through being in Asian American Studies at UC Davis, working as a teacher in San Francisco, reading, and of course, Google. These days, I've learned to observe both American as well as Chinese customs. I think it's vitally important to pass the non-mainstream cultural practices down to the next generation so they have an understanding of their identities in their Asian American cultures and grow up proudly multicultural. There has been a tragic and traumatic beginning to the Lunar New Year. Often the two events of Lunar New Year and Black History Month seem to bump up against each other. The mass shootings in Monterey Park and Half Moon Bay and the horrific beating death of Tyree Nichols have occurred in close proximity to each other. As a member of the AAPI community, I believe this calls us to build bridges between our groups. Rather than separating these incidents, let's work together to find commonalities. Perhaps the mental health of these men, two older Asian male shooters and the officers in Memphis is at issue here. I certainly think that they have been influenced by the model minority myth Asian patriarchal culture and internalized toxic white male supremacy. In my opinion, they all need therapeutic help to break these destructive cycles. 
I pray that they are able to face the family members of those they harmed and take responsibility for their brutality. As we listen to this next hymn, I know I've been changed. I suggest that we consider something that we can do today to build a bridge, to create strong supportive communities and break these devastating cycles. Thank you.
And now, as I invite us into a time of prayer and meditation, I invite folks to take a deep breath, settle into your seat. If it feels right for you to close your eyes. Finding ourselves in our centers in this moment, we greet this day with peace, abundance, appreciation, in awe of the time we have together to spend with one another, to be in the presence in person and virtually of so many loving, caring human spirits. It is not an easy time. We hold in our hearts the hurting in our communities, in our families, in our relationships, the suffering in workplaces and under the hidden scaffoldings of oppressions, the isolation so many of us face in the epidemic of loneliness, the inhumanity of our fellow human beings going without home or shelter or the supports they need. We hold heavy in our hearts the ongoing violence we see around us just in the last few days, a 17-year-old boy shot and killed in Oakland, a man firing gunshots at the Schneerson Center with its Russian Jewish members gathered, no one injured but vividly reminding us of the threat of anti-Semitism, historic and present right now. And we are grateful Grateful for the parade this Saturday in Chinatown, one of the oldest and most vibrant Chinatowns in the country. Grateful to celebrate the joy of new beginnings, time with loved ones, community connected, strong, resilient through time. Grateful for all the ways we do what we can, feed a neighbor, companion a friend, delight in the person in front of us, and the gift of being together on this journey to mark and make a life. Grateful for the places we find, the companions we choose to help us lead lives that are nourishing and nourish others. Grateful to embrace the invitation to grow. Grateful to call out blessings when we meet and live our covenant to one another and the deepest parts of ourselves. Today, in this moment together, may we find the bonds of community lending us strength. May we find power in our histories and our stories. May we feel the comfort of peace and of safety. May we be free of suffering. Now let us join each other in a moment of silent meditation. Amen and blessed be.
Our offering this morning will be for the Monterey Park Lunar New Year Victims Fund. This fund was launched by Asian Americans Advancing Justice Southern California, a legal aid and civil rights organization supporting Asian Americans, Native Hawaiians, and Pacific Islanders in collaboration with several other organizations supporting the Asian American Pacific Islander community, including Stop AAPI Hate, the Asian Pacific Community Fund, the Asian American Foundation, Stand with Asian Americans, the AAPI Equity Alliance, the Chinatown Service Center, and Gold House. So we thank you for your generosity, and to make the donation, you can do it online through the donate button, or there will bas be baskets being passed in the sanctuary. We thank you for your offering. of timing, I'm usually pretty chill about when I get my haircuts. But just a couple weeks ago, I looked at the calendar 
and I rushed to call my haircut place to book an appointment. The place I go to is usually not that busy, but no surprise, they're booked up full that week, and I had no choice but to drop everything I was doing, clear my calendar so I could wait my turn in the crowd and make sure to get my hair cut. The reason this was such an urgent matter was because it was coming up to be the Chinese New Year for me. And in my family and in many other families, one of the things we don't do is cut our hair during the first few days of the new year. So if you're going to get your hair cut, you're going to have to get it done before the new year begins. And the reason we don't get our hair cut in the first days of the new year is that the word for hair, pronounced in Cantonese as fat, sounds like the word for issuing forth or prospering, as in gong hei fat choi. Therefore, according to the tradition, we don't cut our hair at the start of the new year because doing so would symbolize cutting off our fortune for the year. So growing up, these sorts of traditions, these super intentional pieces of symbolic behavior were really what defined Chinese New Year for me. On Chinese New Year's Eve, the symbolism kicked into full gear with the family reunion dinner, where we'd all sit down together to symbolize the togetherness of the family. My mom would create an amazing feast, the most important dinner of the year. There would be fish, yu, which symbolize having more than you need, yu. Our soup would have a special black moss called fat choy, because it sounded like striking it rich, fat choy. We'd have nothing sour, nothing bitter, and everyone would make sure to refill their rice bowls at least once to symbolize abundance. And perhaps most importantly, once we sat down, we couldn't get up until we were all done. As a family, we did things together. Then the next morning, New Year's Day, we would wear red to symbolize happiness and celebration. We'd eat rice cakes, like that one, called Nin Go, which, whose name sounds like the year rising up, Nin Go. My mom would lay out a beautiful spread of fruit, including tangerines, gut, which sounded like luck, gut, and mandarin oranges, gum, which sounded like gold, gum. We'd eat candy lotus seeds and other sweets to represent abundance and sweetness in the new year. And that was just the food, and some of the food at that. There were also decorations, gifts like the red envelopes, and a whole slew of greetings that all featured this magical well-wishing. So this one time every year, our lives would enter into this ultra-symbolic space where every object you touched and every word you said would reveal a delightful double meaning. I often think about these customs and wonder, just what exactly are we doing when we're doing these activities and saying these things? Because the flip side of this well-wishing is what happens when things go wrong? What happens when you drop something, or flip the fish, or speak of inauspicious events, or accidentally get up from the table before everyone is done? Would bad things happen then? Would the year be ruined? I remember moments growing up when my uncle would carelessly talk about some misfortune on the news, and then my aunties would quickly chime in with a blessing for luck and profit to reverse the negativity. 
Or if one of the kids cried or whined at the family reunion dinner, my mom would have strategies in place to nip that in the bud. Some might, and do, call this being superstitious. Is that what it is? This question actually was raised early in Chinese intellectual history, and there are lots of different opinions about how the world worked. Chinese Confucian thinkers, in particular, were divided into different camps. There were some, like the third century BCE scholar Zhou Yan, and later Dong Zhong Shu, who actually believed that human actions really could induce the universe to behave differently, especially through symbolic, ritual, or moral actions. They articulated a system of what scholars call correlative cosmology, which assumes that things with similar or correlating properties can influence each other. So by manipulating one, like the tangerine, it's possible to man manipulate the other, like your luck in the world. And you can see this principle at play in Chinese geomancy, or feng shui, and numerology, uh, with good luck or bad luck mother, uh, numbers or other things. So on this understanding of the world, yes, in the new year, we do actually invite good fortune through what we say by invoking words and symbols that correlate with auspicious things in the new year. But others considered this absolutely ludicrous. The first century thinker Wang Chong formulated it this way. He said, humans live on the Earth's surface like fleas in the fold of humans' clothing. So if these fleas wanted to influence what humans thought, and they screamed into our ears, we wouldn't be, even be able to hear them. So likewise, it's absurd to imagine that heaven and earth could understand the words or wishes that we humans make. So shaped as I am by kind of a modern, naturalistic, scientific worldview, Wang Chong's point definitely resonates. But then, when we say to each other these blessings, and we eat these foods, and we play with all these double meanings, what then are we doing? Xunzi was another Confucian philosopher who, like Wang Chong, railed against what he saw as the superstitions of his time. But he also thought that the practices and actions involving the ghosts and spirits were still important, not because they served the supernatural, but because the practices themselves served the people doing them. So in this Shunzian view, when we say something like, congratulations on sudden riches, it's not that we're trying to induce the universe to make the statement true, Rather, we're taking on what the anthropologist Michael Pewitt calls an as-if stance, acting as if it were so. So when we say, congratulations, we're saying, let's act as if we had a good year. Let's begin this new year with a tone, a positivity, an assumption. And so we bring ourselves into a different place and a different mindset so that we can let go of the burdens of the past and even not knowing anything of what the future holds in store, still act as if it was going to be good. It reminds me of a famous psychology experiment in 1988 
where researchers made some participants hold a pen in their mouths so that their teeth were showing, mimicking essentially a smile without telling the participants to smile. And the participants who were made to smile in this way actually rated cartoons they read as funnier than those participants who didn't. So the study suggested that the act of shaping your mouth as if you were smiling actually made you happier. In other words, the celebratory act was not a result of your being happy. Your happiness induced, in a way, the celebration. Or no, sorry, your happiness was induced, in a way, by your celebration. So on this Shunzian as-if view of these New Year's customs, congratulations is a preemptive celebration that lets us act as if it were true. And so this carries us into a year where we might make that possible. I have to admit, the Shunzian way of looking at things really makes sense to me. If I'm going to participate in these customs at all, I might as well see it as a sort of practice in positive thinking. Ah, positive thinking. Therein lies the rub. You might have picked up by now, too, but there are definitely resonances with the whole power of positive thinking self-help movement emanating from the 50s with Norman Vincent, Van, uh, Norman Vincent Peale and really saturating our entire culture today. Practicing positive affirmations and visualizations that will change your attitude and make you happier. Doesn't that all sound familiar? I think we know by now that as well-intentioned as it is, the power of positive thinking concept has also caused a lot of harm. It certainly helped create a culture that has silenced or minimized experiences of trauma and oppression, and it's made people feel erased and inadequate and sometimes put blame on individuals for not thinking positively enough instead of underlying systemic dysfunctions. The problem with this power of positive thinking is that it doesn't leave the necessary room for addressing the not so positive. This year, this came into stark relief. After three years in the pandemic, our family celebrated Chinese New Year's Eve reunion dinner inside my parents' home for the first time in three years. And it was great, it was amazing. There was so much joy in picking up all the customs again as we filled the space with blessings and good fortune. But then I saw the news a mass shooting, killing 11 people celebrating the Lunar New Year in Monterey Park. I don't know when everyone else found out because we couldn't talk about it. It was New Year's Eve, and we could only talk about positive news and positive things. So alone in my thoughts, the juxtaposition was jarring. Here we were, doing these auspicious things, saying these auspicious things, when the most unimaginably horrific and inauspicious things were happening not so far away to people just like us 
celebrating at the very same time the very same thing we were. And there's nothing we could even say. How are we supposed to grieve and celebrate at the same time? That's the question I saw echo around my social media channels. How are we supposed to grieve and celebrate at the same time? Those blessings, they took on a painful tenor that evening. All these positive phrases, all these lucky words, all these auspicious symbols, they weren't good enough. They don't make sense in moments like this. We're saying, gongsi, gongsi, congratulations. In this moment, congratulations on what? To what? What are we doing when we are saying these things? This question was laying heavily on my heart when I was doing a bit of research on this popular Chinese New Year song that goes, Gong si gong si gong si ni ya. Gong si gong si gong si ni. This is sort of the jingle bells of Chinese New Year. So it's ubiquitous everywhere you go in the most garish, poppy renditions with loud synthetic tracks, clanging cymbals, children's laughter. If there's a scale on one to 10 on relentless positivity, this would be an 11. Gong si gong si gong si ni ya. Gong si gong si gong si ni. So I was looking into different versions of this song when I stumbled on an early recording from the 1940s. And it was remarkably different. It was simple, plain, unadorned, even a hint of somberness. Gong si gong si gong si ni. Gong si gong si gong si ni. Apparently, the popular songwriter Chen Gexin had been jailed during World War II for his music, and he had written this song to commemorate the end of the year. Gong si gong si gong si ni. And in that melody, I could imagine what Chen Gexin was seeing as he wrote it. World War II had just happened. Eight years of invasion, four million Chinese troops dead, 10 million civilians dead from violence, five million more dead from famine, a country exhausted, shattered, broken. And amidst that wasteland of destruction, Gong si gong si gong si ni. Spring would be coming. Amidst the ashes, amidst the tears, amidst the horrible loss and trauma, a will to hope. What Chen Gesin found in that song 
was more than the power of positive thinking. It was a will to hope, not in the ignorance of suffering, not in the dismissal of suffering, but in the midst of suffering, in the face of suffering. This year, Lunar New Year happened about as early as it can get. So it's still full on winter, still chilly outside, still cold for the most part. And it's winter for the Asian American community. A long winter of pain in our families and communities that forced desperate migration from imperialized ancestral homes. A long winter of anti-Asian violence and cruelty in this country that leave our community in fear and resolve. A long winter of Asian invisibility and erasure as the perpetual other or the stereotypical props in other people's stories. A long winter of exclusion, of minimization, of loss, grief, hurting. In the chill of this winter, we choose to say these blessings, not in the ignorance of suffering, but in the face of it. On this Lunar New Year, when I say Gongsini, I congratulate you on your strength. I congratulate you on your survival. I congratulate you on taking care of yourself, on making the best of wherever you are, on caring for those closest to you. When I say Gongsini, I congratulate you on your willingness to carry on. I congratulate you on your showing up. I congratulate you on your turn to community and your solidarity with those suffering everywhere. When I say gongsini, I congratulate you on your fight for justice in the face of injustice. I congratulate you on your perseverance for truth in the face of forgetting I congratulate you on your determination for recognition in the face of invisibility. I congratulate you on your pursuit of true peace in the face of violence. Out of this winter, I congratulate you on a new spring, a better spring, a fairer and more beautiful spring where the bamboo reports peace and true security, where the flowers open to true abundance. Congratulations to you as we bring that spring into existence. Gongxini and Amen.
call forth spring in the midst of winter. We call forth joy in the midst of sadness. We call forth a will to hope in the Lunar New Year. We celebrate for the coming of a better world. Go now in peace and return in kindness. So may it be. Amen. Amen.